Welcome back to another edition of Burks Have You, the podcast here on Freep.com. I'm your host, Dave Burkett. Uh, Lions keep uh, streaking towards the playoffs. They've won two straight now against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Chicago Bears, and they have a very winnable game this week, Minnesota Vikings. Uh, home finale, at least for the regular season, there's always a chance that they could host a playoff game. They're going to have to win their next three to get that done. But uh, as things stand right now, this could be the last home game for Indomitian Sue. It could be the last home game for Dominic Raiola, Rob Sims, uh, a handful of Lions that have, have played key roles over the years, uh, our free agents after the, the season, and, and those guys in particular. Uh, we'll have to see what happens. But um, special guest on the podcast this week, another Lions offensive lineman, Rodney Austin. He has not played, but I guess in theory he'd be a, a candidate to take over for one of those guys next year, Sims or Raiola, that is. Travis Swanson would you know, uh, in all likelihood be the, the center if the Lions decide to move away from Raiola. But Rodney Austin's a guy that's been on the practice squad for a couple years. He got called up to the active roster last year and again earlier this year, and he hasn't played much. Uh, but, you know, he's a guy that uh, the Lions, Martin Mayhew, uh, think highly of. They like his strength. They think he can be a guard in the NFL, and he'll ultimately have to win a job next year, and, and we'll see if he gets a chance. But anyways, Rodney Austin, special guest on this week's Burke's Eye View. Here he is, uh, Lions offensive lineman, Rodney Austin. Back with another edition of Burke's Eye View, the podcast here on Freep.com. And got a special guest this week, Rodney Austin. Rodney's been uh, with the team for a few, with the, for a few years now, um, mostly on the practice squad. Got a call up uh, last year, got another call up this year, Rodney. And uh, I'm just curious about the, the journey that you took to get here, coming from undrafted free agent to, to now finally getting a shot at it. Uh, what's this road been like for you? Uh, I mean, it's had its up, ups and downs just as a... Uh... With any other any other walk of life, but, you know, um, there's been a lot of a lot of hard work. Um, I've had a few humbling situations where I've had to, you know, pick myself back up and, and refocus myself. But I think this this whole process is, is just helped me as a, as a person. It's helped me grow up and actually be a better man. You know. What's the most the most humbling part about you know your your journey to to here? Um, I think just like the transition from college to the pros, like everybody comes out of college and if you get a shot at the NFL, you were probably the, the one of the go-to guys at your school and a lot of people hold you in high regard, but then when you step into the NFL, it's, it's an instant reality check, especially being like an undrafted guy. You come in and nobody really, like nobody knows who you are pretty much. Like everybody knows who all the draft picks are. Like they come in and you see them, you see them on TV, see their faces everywhere. But when you come in undrafted, everybody's looking at you. Like, as soon as you walk through the door, everybody's like, well, who's this kid? And I had to show them who this kid was. And how long did it take you? I mean, you did. For people who don't know out there, he came from Elon University, small school uh, out in Carolina. But the Lions really liked you uh, coming out. And, and they were you were one of their priority uh, undrafted free agent signings. So how long did it take you to not only make that impact, but maybe to realize that, uh, you know what, I can do it at this level with a little bit of refinement? Um, I think it's just sometime in that, in that first training camp. I know in uh, OTAs when I was starting to get the concept of like the offense that we were putting in, it was like, okay, I, I know this stuff and I, and I can do it. I just got to you know, get my technique right. So you start going out and practicing and I think one of my first days I, I had sued by myself <laughs> <laughs> for a few periods and I mean, it, it didn't go I- exactly my way, but you know, I wasn't I wasn't afraid, and I wasn't I wasn't I wasn't I wasn't uh it it didn't throw me off, you know. It, it kind of encouraged me 
is I, I can compete with this guy. He may he may know a little bit more than I do right now, but you know, with with time, I'll be able to, to you know get back to how I was in college, just you know competing at the highest level that I can, competing with the best competitors at my level, and winning against them. What is what is life on the practice squad like? Because you've been on the practice squad, like I said, for most of most of the last three years. Um, I mean, it's basically just the, the normal NFL life. Uh, you get a lot With less, a smaller check, a lot less money, and uh, uh, no playtime. You don't get to travel very often, but um, still get to be around the guys. You still get to play ball. Um, you know, it's not, it's not a it's not a bad loop. <laughs> well, what's what's the what's the lowest you got during that time? I and mean, was there ever a point where you were like, man, this is not you know practice squad again? It's not going to work out for me. I know you, you you had some opportunities to go other places too. Tennessee came after you last year. I know the Lions paid you a little bit more to keep you around this year because they thought highly of you. But was there ever that point where you got low, where you got down about I don't know if I'm ever going to get the shot to compete in the NFL? Um, definitely. I think I think anyone who's who gets taken out of out of what they love for for an extended period of time is gonna have like like some kind of doubts or some kind of some kind of feeling towards not being in a situation that they want to be in. And I was I definitely got there. Um, but just having like guys in this locker room, you know, like like Dom and like Rob and and Coach Wash and just people who who you know actually care about the people around them helped me out a lot. Um, I know that day. Um, the day that I felt the lowest, I was actually uh, actually talked to uh, Sue and Nick Fairley, and uh, they saw me. I was a little distraught, and this was toward the end of practice, and they just came came and talked to me, man, and they told me everything's gonna be cool. Like I'm here, um, I'm working with them, working against them, getting better every day, and I'm gonna get my shot. How long ago was that? Where they they where you uh, hit that 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 low point? They, they pull, help pull you pull you out of it. Um. I think it was I think it was toward the end of was either my rookie year. I think it might have been yeah, toward the end of my rookie year, and it was just that's know, what a lot it, of it was just it was just it was it was kind of tough for me, just just not being out there, you know. And I've been seeing guys like around the league and even on the team at the time getting pulled up off practice squad and, and getting legitimate plays and getting opportunities, and I was just I don't know. I get I got I got a little. A little anxious, and I got kind of tired of waiting my turn. But you I wanted a shot. I wanted a shot, but I, but I also, I understand that everybody at a certain point is gonna get a chance to either make themselves or break themselves. And I feel like looking back at it now, if if I'd have gone and just 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 press the issue and press the issue and just you know try to like force force someone's hand and put me on the field I feel like I, I wouldn't have been ready my rookie year um, and are you now I mean you got the call up this year you haven't played you know in, in actual offensive snaps yet but again they, they they've thought enough to keep me around all this time so somebody's in your corner definitely definitely um, I feel I feel prepared like I feel like I can go I can go out and I can compete with Anybody, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't feel any hesitation. I, I understand our scheme. I understand what we want to do against our opponents. You know, I prepare every week like I'm starting. Even if, even if, even if I, I even if I know starting the week that I'm not gonna get any snaps in the game, I prepare like I'm gonna play every play because I want to be, I want to be ready. 
Like I don't, you know, I don't, I don't just want to get out there and, and everything just starts blowing my mind and feel like everything's too fast. I want to be ready for my moment. So when they do throw me out there, like <laughs> I just want to, I just want to just burst onto the scene and just let everybody know that once I do get my shot, I'm, I'm taking off. Couple, couple last things here, and then we'll get into our, our fast five questions at the end. But I mentioned, you know, life as a practice squad player and what that was like when you got the call last year and Carolina wanted you. Can you take me through that? Take our listeners through that. Um, the jubilation that you felt knowing that you were going to get a call up, a and the, the battle that you went through with going there or staying here with the Lions. Um, well, I got the call, and uh, the team told me they're going to bring me up. And it was just instant excitement. It was like my my dream has finally come true. I'm gonna be on an on an actual NFL roster. My my, my time is coming. My, you know what I'm saying my shot is is is, is right here. And I, I was excited. I started telling all the guys I'm, I'm leaving. You know, um, saying my goodbyes. I want to talk to my coaches. And then I want to talk to the GM and let him know what's going on. And he kind of just stopped the whole process. <laughs> He was like, mm-mm, mm I know you want to be active, and I know they really want you, but we, we got a little bit of money for you, too. So, you know, just just, just have, just, just, just go take a chill pill. We'll call you in a couple hours. Call me. Call me. Came back, signed the deal, and that was it, man. And for you, what you? I mean, was the first thing you did? You called your mom? What'd you, how'd, you, how'd you react? How'd you say um, Well, I told my girlfriend first. Um, she was really excited, and then... I called my mom, I called my pops, you know, it was just, I don't know. It was a good day. Yeah. It was a good day. Great, beautiful day. And then last year I got my first active roster check on my birthday. Oh, yeah, is that right? And how'd you celebrate that birthday? Uh, it was turn-up time. <laughs> it was, it was turn-up time. Without a doubt. I'll, I'll leave it at that. It was turn-up time. <laughs> All right, uh, you mentioned earlier about going against Ndamukong Sue in practice. You've probably played more against him than anybody in the NFL the last couple of years. I mean, just the reps that you've taken in practice and training camp, everything, uh, what makes that guy so special as a, a defensive tackle? Uh, I say his, his motor, his attention to his technique, um, and then just his, his will to win, you know. He doesn't – I've never seen him back down from anybody. Like, a lot of people around the league actually fear him. Um, but as far as where I stand, I just I, I respect his talent. Um, I respect his work ethic, and I understand that if you don't, if I'm, if I'm not on point with 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 what I have to do, then he'll beat me. How do you stop him aside from stomping on his shoes or you know tying his shoelaces together so he can't move or doing something like that? You just gotta you just gotta focus on you. If you worry about him, he's gonna do whatever he wants to to you. But if you worry about yourself and what you can control, you'll at least do decent. <laughs> Which is sometimes all you can hope for yeah. with him, no doubt. Just put yourself in the best position and don't worry about you know so who you're going against. And I, and I mean that's 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 with anybody, you know. That's with anybody. Just that's what you know. What I'm saying teams going against teams. Like if we all just worry about what we have to do, we'll be any team, you know. And just. Even in like one-on-one matchups, like we're talking about with Sue, like if you just worry about what you can control, you know what I'm saying, your technique, just staying inside out of them. If if you one-on-one with them, don't slide past them too fast. If it's you know what I'm saying, a gap protection or something like that, and just 
Just stay, just, yeah, just be you on your P's and Q's and prepare yourself the best that you can. All right, we like to end things here with, uh, you know, fast five questions, sort of a, a get-to-know-you deal. And uh, let's start with this one. Uh, in the offensive line room, who is the best tipper? The best tipper. The best tipper. Uh, got some pretty nice tippers. <laughs> I, 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 I had to say either either Sims or Rayola, man. They, the vets that have been around they're, a while. They're, they're, very, they're very generous to the people that take care of us. I've, I've seen them in action. Like we go out to big dinners, and they always make sure that the, the staff around us is is well taken care of. And it rubs off on, on the young guys. Too. Definitely, definitely. We're trying to we're trying to get Lucas uh, in the swing of things. I think we went to we went to Fridays one time. We tried to get a girl six dollars. It was it was just just a bad situation, man. Come on, Cornelius. Yeah, you're right. Just a bad situation, man. But yeah, the the vets they they set a good example. We'll talk to him about that one. All right, you've got a son. Is that what it is? We got two daughters. Two daughters. Okay. Uh, who in the locker room would you pick to, uh, if you had to have somebody babysit your your girls? Who uh, name a teammate that you'd have babysit your girls? Definitely not Darren Keaton. <laughs> Central Michigan's own chiming in here. Darren Keaton. I don't want my children in the woods shooting at anything. Um, actually, I'd probably I'd probably leave him with Golden Tate. He's uh, yeah. Like I've seen him around in his locker room. He's pretty good at like games. All the all the games that we have in here, he sits down and he just he just beats people. He's just really good, and I I, I like the competitive nature that he has, and then I just like the fun that he has in the games. And you know, you rub off on, on your definitely girls. rub off on the girl. Definitely rub off on the kids. All right, you're probably be a good big brother. You're known as one of the strongest players in the locker room. Uh, how much could you bench, and and how many times could you bench Darren Keaton? Dan Keaton's about 300 pounds. I think I think I could shove him off of me. Cool, 10 times before I got tired. Uh, but yeah, my uh, I mean my highest bench press max is like 480. Okay. Yeah, that's the most I've ever done at one time. Where's your Where's your power come from? Because you are people in the locker room talk about your your raw strength. So um, where does that come from? Genetics, man. Yeah. It's how I was taking the trash out when I was two years old. The bag is bigger than me. I didn't care. Like, where does this go? Yeah. Where does this go? I had to get this out of here. I'm strong. You're also known as, as one of the funny guys in the locker room. Uh, give me your best impression. Who, who who can you do a good impression of? Let me tell you something. I do a, a very, very good Charles Barkley. So let, let me tell you. We got these guys in this here locker room. Look at here. We got Mike O'Hara from the media. He got on the worst sweater. Let me tell you, it is the worst sweater I've ever seen in my entire life. And then I don't know if he dyes his hair white or his eyebrows brown, but his, his color scheme is just all off. It's terrible. <laughs> With a terrible, it's too. Terrible. I love it. It's just terrible. Is that your head or your hair? <laughs> it's both. <laughs> All right, last question on the, the get to know you. If it wasn't football, what would you be doing with your life right now? Where would you be working? What would you be doing? Uh, some kind of entertainment, whether it be singing or acting or, you know, somebody's TV show, something making people happy. Doing impressions like you just did. Yeah, definitely doing impressions. I, I definitely, if you see Charles Barkley, tell him if he need a voice double, I, I got it, okay? Let me let me tell you something. I got the voice double down. All right. I, we'll let him know when we tweet this one out. We'll we'll uh, CC him on that if he's on Twitter. So, all right, Rodney Austin, thank you very much. Uh, one of the 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 guy the guys everybody loves to joke around with in the locker room. He's been great to us this year too in terms of helping Carlos Menares out. We're gonna do a little something funny. But Carlos left the locker room already. We're gonna do a little something funny with him. The five questions that he gives guys to answer every week. But Rodney, thank you very much. Yeah, man, appreciate it.
That was Rodney Austin, Detroit Lions offensive lineman, uh, joining me on the podcast this week. And like I said in the intro, he's a guy that spent most of the last couple of years on the practice squad. He hasn't really had a chance to play yet, but uh, could be coming at some point soon. I know Martin Mayhew thinks pretty highly of him, and uh, we'll have to see if he gets a, a crack next week. It won't be Sunday. It's not going to be against the Minnesota Vikings. That's a game the Lions absolutely have to win. Uh, they can't afford to drop either this game or next week against the Chicago Bears if they want to win the division, if they want to make the playoffs probably. Uh, if they win these next three, they're going to win the NFC North. They're going to get a first-round bye. Uh, you know, they have a little room for error here if, if they lose to Green Bay at the end of the season. They, they still should make the playoffs as a wild card. If they drop this game this weekend, though, if they drop one of these next two, really, uh, it could spell trouble for a, a Lions team that – um, has had a really good year so far. But we'll see. I think this game uh, should be a walk in the end. The Vikings, they, they, they're missing three defensive starters. They don't have a whole lot of firepower on offense. Uh, this is a game the Lions should win, and we will find out Sunday. But thanks, as always, for joining me here on Burkside View, the podcast. Uh, make sure you download us on iTunes or, or check us out um, online uh, on Freep.com. And we'll be back with another edition of Burkside View, the podcast, next week right here at Freep.com.